We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The teams have been selected for the biggest tournament of the year. There's only a few days left to join in on all of the action before the teams tip off this Thursday. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a shot to bet just $5 on any team to win, and you're going to win $200 in free bets if they do. Yep, it's that simple. If they win, so do you. DraftKings customers can also get in on the action with the same game parlay. This is where you combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash wherever you want. For instance, you know, maybe you gotta get some cash to go out for a date or, you know, get some gas with gas prices. Who knows? And you're like, oh yeah, I want a little bit of scratch on that San Diego State upset, you know, or whatever it may be. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook, download the app now, use the promo code DNVR, bet $5 on any college hoops team to win. Get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with the promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Joining me on the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, we've got... Jim Root of Three Man Weave, really excited to have him on to talk about Colorado State, the Mountain West, the matchup with Michigan, all kinds of stuff. Jim, thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule and, and agreeing to talk hoops with me. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. It's a it's a big week. I'm sure the uh, the fans in Fort Collins are quite excited. The fans in Denver, it's a big time for Colorado State. Um, if you're shipping off to Indy soon, that's that's a big it's a big week. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, nine years since their last NCAA tournament appearance. This was expected, I think. I mean, obviously, there was some some significant confidence with this team going in, at least on a national level. You guys all had them as a top 40 team. You had them at 36, I believe, which was the highest of, of the three. What's kind of stood out to you the most about CSU this season? You just reminded me, too, by the way, I think the last... Uh, NCAA appearance, you eliminated my Missouri Tigers. Yeah, so. I wasn't going to bring it up. I saw the flag <laughs> in the background and I was like, I'm just going to rock with it. He's wearing a CSU shirt and assume there's no, there's no bad no. blood there. No, no bad blood at all. I, yeah, just for, for listeners, I am a Mizzou grad, full disclosure. Your basketball program is way better than mine right now. Uh, so credit, credit to you. Uh, but yeah, no, I've, I've been pretty impressed with Colorado State. I think sometimes it is tough for a team that returns everybody to live up to the hype. Uh, it's always like assumed that there will be internal improvement, but that's sometimes harder in actuality than it is in, you know, just predicting and looking at a roster. 
but clearly the team has gotten a lot better, both individually and as a unit. I mean, Roddy getting up to Mountain West player of the year caliber is mega impressive. Uh, the defense kind of comes and goes at times. Uh, and, and that's, we can talk a little bit about it, but some of that's symptomatic of the lineups they like to play, uh, not really having like a true rim protector, but uh, the offense is lethal. The shooters everywhere. Uh, I really like how Medved's brought in a lot of versatile pieces that can switch. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a really impressive team. I think they're well coached. They've certainly got a chance to, to win some games here. Well, you mentioned the defense, which I think is probably going to be the the biggest factor, you know, for, for whether this team can make a run, obviously you have to be able to make shots and, and everything too, but you know, it, it has been kind of up and down at times, a little bit erratic for the most part, in my opinion, they've been fairly solid in the crucial moments in a lot of these tight games, especially in the mountain West, but you know, going up against a team like Michigan, they're significantly undersized about two inches on average, obviously Hunter Dickinson. How do you feel about this matchup? I mean, is this one CSU has a chance in or, or should Ram fans kind of be, you know, holding their breath a little bit? Oh, definitely have a chance. It, this feels like um, kind of a coin flip for me between the two. Uh, I, I know that the betting markets have the 11 seed Wolverines favored over Colorado state, but I'm not buying too much into that. Uh, I, I think both these teams are, definitely capable of winning. You mentioned the Dickinson matchup. That's I, I was just going through Colorado state, Michigan for our own website before we hopped on here. And it, I'm, I'm wondering if it would be smartest almost to like zag when you think they're going to zig, like you almost embrace the fact that Dickinson is a mismatch and lean fully into the fact that you can make him uh, have trouble on the other end. Like when you play that, that David Roddy at the center lineup, if Roddy can pull him away from the rim, he can put the ball on the floor against Dickinson. Maybe you hope to draw a couple fouls uh, off the bounce. Of course, there's the risk of that on the other end, though. If you don't have Moores, if you don't have Deshaun Thomas on the floor, then you do have Roddy guarding a seven-foot bruiser who's going to probably take him to the block and try to draw contact or score over the top of him, which I know Roddy's up for the challenge, but he is giving up a few uh, inches in height there. So it's an interesting push-pull there where do you try to match the lineup that Michigan's going to throw out with their size, or do you kind of try to in, embrace the mismatch and go the other way with it? I, I'm curious what Medved's going to do. I don't know exactly what his plan will be. Um, I sort of gravitate towards going to the small ball and, and just kind of trying to outscore Michigan. It, it wouldn't surprise me just because I feel like that's probably in terms of talent, CSU's best option and just the, the lineups that they've had the most success with. DT and, and, and Moore's have, have had their moments. I will say James Moore's probably coming off of his worst performance of the season against San Diego state. And so it's, you know, a little bit like, oh man, can you trust him? But I, I firmly believe, you know, it's more about what you've seen, you know, over the last two years, I'm sure he can come and play effective minutes, but I don't, I'm, I'm glad I'm very intrigued by the small ball possibility. I hadn't really thought about it on the offensive end. I was just kind of sitting here like, man, I, I don't know how you deal with this seven foot one dude. Yeah, it, that that's certainly going to be a problem. But like, I, I think some of the toughest situations you can put Michigan in is ball screen action with Dickinson because he's just not very mobile. Uh, he's relatively nimble for a seven footer, but he's not like a switch or or kind of go with Isaiah Stevens in space. And if you get that sort of if they do decide to try to switch, then you're going to have Roddy on a guard, and I, I will take that matchup for the Rams every single time. Uh, and if they don't, then you're going to have them rotating 
And with the way Stevens passes the ball, the way Roddy can pass it off of like as the roll man in a pick and roll and the shooting that you guys can space the floor with. Uh, yeah, that becomes really, really deadly for Michigan. Uh, so I, it, it is one of those where I, I almost think you lean into it because it's going to be really, really tough for them to stop. Kind of flipping it to the other side, in your opinion, what does Michigan do best? And, and what do you believe they're going to try and do to, to kind of make Colorado State uncomfortable? Yeah, I think it's probably attack the rim. Uh, I mean, if you can get Roddy in foul trouble, it changes things completely. But even without that, uh, just Dickinson, was like it, his synergy numbers, he grades out in the 92nd percentile nationally as a post-up scorer. He's really, really tough to deal with on the block. He and Diabate are both good as role men. Uh, they can catch the ball and, and score kind of on the move in the lane. Uh, Dickinson especially is, is solid at catching there and spraying it weak side to uh, Caleb Houston or Eli Brooks or whoever's lurking on the other side. Uh, and then the one thing that's changed for them recently is Devonte Jones has started playing awesome ball at point guard uh, early in the season that the guard play was really their issue. And I think why they sort of tailed off and weren't living up to preseason expectations, but over his last five he's averaging almost 17 points a game, six assists per game, which is like, okay, yeah, this is kind of what <laughs> we were hoping for. <laughs> yep. Uh, a, def a definite bump over his full season numbers. Uh, so having him starting to make plays adds an element to their offense that now it's not just the big men. Uh, they actually have a playmaking guard that they can go to. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I brought up Jones and, and Eli yesterday on the podcast, just because you can like, just hear it in Jim Nance's voice, you know, the NCAA tournament experience, Eli Brooks, you know, it's the three. <laughs> I, I do wonder, you know, if, if just that experience level is, is going to be a big factor, especially given it's in Indianapolis, you know, inevitably there's going to be a ton of Michigan fans there. That's kind of unfortunate from, from CSU getting that draw, but I mean, you're going to have to beat a good team if you're going to make a run. I mean, it just kind of is what it is. Yeah, I guess they do have quite a bit, well, not quite a bit of tournament experience, but Brooks and Dickinson, certainly you know, they played in three games last year, four games, right? Elite eight. Yeah. They played in the elite eight to go to the final four. So they played in four. Uh, they still have quite a bit of youth though. I mean, Caleb Houston is uh, a freshman. Diabate is a freshman. Johns and, and Terrence Williams got limited minutes last year. I guess Johns played more uh, because Isaiah Livers was hurt, but uh, yeah, they, they have a little more tournament experience. Juan Howard's been here before. Phil Martelli is a wealth of NCAA tournament experience on the sideline, but that can sometimes go both ways. Maybe Colorado state, like there's the old expression. They don't know what they don't know. Like, if they're just there and, and they're playing basketball, they're not worried about the environment. And they played in some really tough road environments in, uh, in the mountain West. So hopefully they're not at all intimidated by the Michigan fans in the crowd. And I think the neutral fans in Indianapolis, uh, maybe even like the Kentucky fans will side with Colorado state. So I, maybe they won't be as outnumbered as they think. That's a good point. I didn't think about the whole, everyone loves, you know, the underdog small school, Although I say underdog and in quotes, because I agree, it's probably more like a pick em. I was surprised to see Michigan was a full two and a half point favorite. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I, I basically just wrote, uh, this feels like a coin flip for me. So I'm not going to I'm not going to lay two and a half. So I, I would like if I forced to bet this game, it would be Colorado State plus two and a half just because I think you're getting two and a half points of value. I think it should be a coin flip. I like it. My, uh, my, my grandfather is a Michigan alum and he was texting me before trying to say CSU would be favored by like seven. 
was like, well, that's, it's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> it's like, it's a big 10 team in a big 10 city. It's like CSU might be favored by a point or two, but ended up going the other way. Uh, what are your thoughts on Michigan seating? Is it appropriate as an 11? They obviously have talent came in as a top 10 team. And by the first month they were already out and haven't been back. Yeah. Seating them was tricky because their like resume probably didn't really match the predictive analytical rankings, like your Ken Palms or Sagarin's the stuff that's trying to project how good they'll be. So if you slot them low, like, like they did at 11, because they were only three games over 500, because they were lacking some big wins, you end up with a, maybe a, you could argue underseeded team that's favored over a six seed. Uh, but I, I thought ultimately it was pretty fair because they didn't get the wins they needed, especially blowing the 19 point lead in the big 10 tournament to Indiana was like, all right, that, that was, that was the one you needed to get. Uh, maybe, maybe Michigan got a little lucky to avoid the play-in game after losing to Indiana and Indiana had to go to Dayton. Uh, so I'll give uh, the Wolverines a little bit of a, a luck factor there, but I think it's relatively fair. It's just kind of a tough spot for Colorado state to be in looking at some of the other 11 seeds. Maybe they would have preferred Iowa state who can't score at all. Uh, but you know, you, you take who you get and you beat who's in front of you. I don't know about you guys, but during March madness, it's, it's kind of like Christmas or the holidays. You know, you just, you don't think about how many calories you're consuming. You know, you want to eat a pizza? Why not? Two pizzas even. And if you are going to grub down on some pizza, you got to do it with the best spot in the Denver metro area. And that is, of course, Sexy Pizza. With 13 years in the Denver community, Sexy Pizza is as local as it gets. A hand-tossed deck oven pizza with made-from-scratch each morning dough. You can choose your own adventure with a wide range of toppings or try one of their philanthropies. A portion of every sale from these five specialty pies is donated to a range of different nonprofits right here in Colorado. Go to www.sexy.pizza and check out their about page for the donations link to see how Sexy Pizza can support your cause. But I'm telling you guys, a 12 inch, 16 inch, 18 inch crust, whatever you go with, it's going to be the right fit. Add on all the fixins, they got wings, salads, pasta, knots, desserts, you name it, vegan options, a 12-inch gluten-free crust, you've got yourself a can't-miss hit. Stop by any of their four Denver locations in Capitol Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, and Park Hill, or if you're out in Trinidad, go check out their new location out there. All right, we're going to get right back to that interview, but i got to give you my DraftKings pick of the week, and we're going to go to the play-in games, and of course, we got to factor in the one that's of most interest to Mountain West fans. That is, of course, Wyoming versus Indiana. Indiana came back from down 19 to upset Michigan in the Big Ten tournament to crack this. Wyoming barely squeaks in, almost gets left out of the fun. Wyoming four-point underdogs in this one, plus 155 on the money line. I'm certainly, you know, rooting for Wyoming to win this one. Rivalries aside, I think it's good for the league to represent well. But Indiana is really playing well at the moment. I don't know, this feels like a tough matchup for the Pokes. And so I'm going to go with the Indiana money line at minus 180. It just, I don't know. It, it feels like a tough one for Wyoming. They, they, their depth is not great. The guys that they lean on are very talented, but I, I just think in a physical game, if they get into foul trouble, it could potentially be disastrous. And, and that's why I'm going with Indiana. Nothing personal. I just genuinely believe that's the smart play. All right, lock it in. 
you mentioned Indiana. That's obviously who Wyoming drew in, in the play-in game. So some interest here with the, the Mountain West fans. How do you feel like Wyoming matches up? I mean, my biggest concern for them has always just been that the limited depth, that the six guys that they lean on are great. But if any of them get in foul trouble, it can be problematic. Although they, uh, they almost survived a game with a ton of foul trouble in, in the quarterfinal or semifinal. Yeah, that, it's tricky too because like their style inherently exposes both of those guys to foul trouble. Uh, they they both play in the post so often, and because they both usually have a physical advantage, like strength, both Graham Ek and Hunter Maldonado, those two guys, uh, opponents are very prone to flapping when the when they're guarding those two. They're trying to sell out for the call because like a six three guard isn't stopping Maldonado on the block. He's just not. So anytime he sort of dips that shoulder, the defender's going down and it's, it's easy to see them getting in foul trouble. If that's the case. Now, maybe it helps them almost that they're playing a big 10 opponent that's used to the physicality and not going to shy away from it. I'm working on this, this theory that Graham EK is better against bigger opponents because he can actually use all his strength and he's not going to have guys flopping against him. So I'm curious to see how, how he does against race Thompson or trace Jackson Davis, whoever he gets paired against. Because I think he's a lethal post scorer, especially when he can really throw his weight around. I could see that actually. I, I personally believe that Ek's biggest problem is that he can get knocked off of his rhythm really easily, just with the way that the game is being officiated. David Roddy was actually very similar his freshman year. When you're bigger and stronger than guys, you obviously you know you're going to get called for some ridiculous charges, like you said. There are times you're going to get called for basically just being bigger than people, but you can see it on his face and, and he was getting really frustrated out in Vegas, just kind of watching him and he still ended up, you know, making an impact, but I, I, I would like to see it. Cause I, I think both those guys are NCAA tournament type players that could thrive, you know, in that setting. Yeah. And I've always just kind of enjoyed the way their offense sets up because I kind of like watching good post play. I know some people think it's frustrating to just like throw it on the block, let them back them down. Uh, but they put so many shooters around those two guys and they're both skilled with the way they finish on the block that, uh, I thoroughly enjoy it. I just, yeah, like you said, I hope we don't get them nailed to the bench because of uh, gross foul calls. And, and somebody brought this up on Twitter. It was like the, the refs aren't going to be used to refing Wyoming games, which maybe you're, you know, if you're not used to refing them. Yeah. 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 It, it, it can go one of two ways there. If you're not used to seeing them in the bully ball that they play, then maybe you're like, oh, I don't know. I'm calling the charge here. What's happening? Uh, but then also, yeah, it, uh, maybe they won't be hunting the foul calls that other mountain West teams typically do. Just kind of putting you on the spot here. What's your gut say? Wyoming, Indiana, probably Indiana. Uh, I, I, the, the way they're playing right now is just better than what Wyoming. I wouldn't say they limped to the finish line, but it wasn't like they sprinted across it. Uh, whereas Indiana really showed an extra gear in the big 10 tournament and like Devonte Jones from Michigan, uh, Xavier Johnson, the Indiana point guard has been playing by far his best basketball down the stretch. And if they get quality point guard play to go with their bigs, then they're really an, an intimidating opponent. I thought it was a tough draw for Wyoming. I thought even, I mean, with some of the bid steals, I wasn't shocked. They got the play in game, but then to also get a big 10 team, I was like, ah, that's, that, that's a bummer. Um, I, I know you're busy, so I don't want to take up too much of your time here, but just real quick. The other Mountain West matchups, we've also got San Diego State taking on Creighton. Kind of a fun game. Two teams that are really different from each other. Hawkins has been injured, but I think he's going to play in this one. That's probably a big factor. Um, 
I don't know, like what stands out to you about this matchup? The the biggest thing I as soon as I saw this, I just thought of well, neither team is getting a layup in this game. The the rim defenses for both teams are incredible. Uh Ken Palm's got them at sixth and ninth uh nationally in two-point percentage defense, both Creighton and, and San Diego State. The Kalkbrenner versus Mensa matchup is just like defense on defense. Who is trying to score in the paint there? Uh Creighton has done a nice job adapting to not having their point guard, Ryan Nemhard. He's out for the year with a fractured wrist. Uh, so San Diego State, I think, has the best guard on the floor with Matt Bradley and the way he's he's played down the stretch is kind of their closer. Remember the, I watched the game at Wyoming and he was just completely on fire destroying the Cowboys there. Uh, so I'd probably give San Diego State a slight edge. I, I think there's going to be very few points scored and the the, the Vegas total indicates that, but I, I think it'll probably land even lower than that. It's going to be a rock fight. Everybody's kind of zagging with San Diego State. I've seen a lot of takes saying they just don't feel like the teams of years past that were, you know, as as talented to can make a run. But I don't know. I actually think this team feels kind of built to like slug it out and potentially just grind their way to the Sweet 16. Yeah. And so I, I ranked them the highest of our three man weavers in the preseason. I was like, oh, I, I just trust the defense. I trust Dutcher carrying it over. And they have the guard, Matty Bradley. And I kind of like got off the bandwagon a little down in, in the middle of the year. And I shouldn't have because they were awesome down the stretch. Uh, they, the, the times I watched them in the postseason and late in the season, I was like, yeah, this is kind of what I envisioned for them. It's impossible to score and they just scrape out enough buckets. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. Uh, I think maybe the, the run to the big East final is a little over inflating Creighton in the, the public's mind perhaps. And then, San Diego state, I think is undervalued. A lot of these mountain West teams get undervalued because nobody watches them as much. I think that's what hurt Boise state, to be honest. I think a lot of people just looked at the record and were just, well, they got swept by Colorado state. They had the cow Bakersfield loss. I don't know. I was, I was surprised that they got an eight seed and Memphis is a, it's a pretty brutal draw given the fact that they won the mountain West championship and the tournament. Yeah. I, I thought this was a, just a, middle finger from the committee almost like I, I, I get that they lost to Bakersfield, but man, an eight seed that's tough. Uh, and, and Memphis is no slouch nine seed basically since Imani Bates left the team, they've been playing like a top 20 team. It, sometimes even better if you narrow the scope uh, at, at Bartorvik or, or a site that does that. So that's, that's scary. Um, they can match them in, in the paint, the physicality edge that Boise I think usually has is not quite there. Uh, the size on the wings with ACOT and Kegab, that's that's a big edge for Boise typically too. And then you throw them against Memphis's bigger wings like Quinones or uh, Landers Nolly. They do have some size there. This is going to be a, a chess match. And I, I kind of trust Leon Rice a little more than Penny Hardaway in that scenario. Uh, so long as Boise can battle on the glass. Uh, the, the one other fun thing about this is I think there's going to be a lot of missed free throws in this matchup. That is a typical... Boise uh, tenant and Memphis is not exactly a quality free throw shooting team either. And Boise tried to give it away back to back nights. Just so many missed free throws. Yes. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, had, I don't know if your audience really cares about betting, but uh, I had bet on the uh, Boise state, San Diego state first half under in the mountain West final. And they had like 53 points with four minutes left and they managed like no points the rest of the way. It was, it was a, a miracle because there were a lot of bricked free throws, a lot of ugly possessions. And sometimes that's part of what makes them uh, unique and, and tough to play against because they do muck the game up and they're used to playing that way. I mean, it's kind of like San Diego state. They didn't score a field goal in the last 
four and a half minutes. I think of that win over CSU, they missed a bunch of free throws and CSU kept coming back at them. They just, ah, they were down two and, and they had a jacked up a three that they didn't need. And the whole thing fell apart, but that's college basketball. That's, that's part of it. Uh, before you go, I, I got to get your gut on, on Michigan and CSU. I know you think it's a coin flip. So, you know, I'm not trying to p- put you on the barrel or put you on the spot or anything like that, but where are you leaning? I'm leaning Colorado state. I, I have not fully filled out a bracket yet. Um, that is one of the empty lines in the first round to this point, but I'm leaning Colorado state. Uh, I, I think maybe Michigan's going to get a little too much love. I like, I, I, give, I give Colorado state a very slight coaching edge despite Mr. Martelli and Mr. Howard on the sideline for Michigan. I like Medved quite a bit. And I just think that Roddy is going to be such a unique player that Michigan hasn't seen. Uh, whereas Colorado state, even if it's not so much this year, going back to last year's mountain West, there are some awesome post-up players. They've, they've seen some of that a little bit. Uh, so I don't think Dickinson's going to totally blow them away. So a slight lean to Colorado state. I promise I'm not just, uh, pandering to, to the fan base here, but that that's, that's the way I'm feeling about it. Is Roddy an NBA player in your estimation? Yes. I, I hundred percent. I, I think the fact that positions have gone away, makes him even more valuable. Like it's just a guy that can play basketball. He, he can defend, he can, he can pass, he can shoot. He can put the ball on the floor. Yeah. I, I think he'll be, he'll, he'll find a fit somewhere for sure. I agree. Selfishly. I hope he comes back, you know, with all these guys make one more run then, you know, be a first round pick, make even more money, but I'll obviously be rooting for him either way. Jim, thank you so much for doing this guys. Make sure you go follow Jim on Twitter at second chance points. Go check out three man. Weave. weave, excuse me. You're doing some all kinds of stuff though. Now it seems like you're on with the, the field of 68 and then all it's, it's big time, man. It's great to see. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. We've got uh, daily shows. We do a best bets show for field of 68. We do some writing for fraction network and our own website. will have kind of abbreviated breakdowns. We used to write up these really detailed uh, first round breakdowns, but we're kind of limited on time this year, but we'll have like just quick kind of matchup points um, for when each team has the ball. So check those out. Uh, I think those will, those will be kind of fun. Uh, So yeah, feel free to check it out. I appreciate it. Go check it all out. Cannot recommend it enough. Thank you again, man. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water together, make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want to be.